Hey everybody, how y'all doing? This is Chuck D from the Liberty or Zombie Podcast. Listen, Shooter Dan is away on the holidays. He's up there, up in the Carolinas, spending time with his family, which is a, which is a very good thing. Uh, everybody, sh- give him a shout out on Twitter at Shooter Dan, and you can also get in touch with me at EZK Patriots. This podcast is going to be a little different than it normally is just because Shooter's not here with me to crack me up the whole time. Uh, <laughs> we have in store for you a interview that we did with the unnamed trucker from the Road Gunner podcast. Uh, there's a little wind noise in the background. It ain't too bad. It clears up uh, hanging through there because it's a pretty good interview. As a matter of fact, we talked a lot of stuff. that we, we, It was recorded on Black Friday. Right after Thanksgiving, and we talked about a, a whole a whole host of things back then, um, like the TSA Viper units, and and uh, which <laughs> what we're gonna do is I am going to play a little clip here for you, uh, a little entertainment for the holidays, and I'll come back and talk a little bit about those same Viper units and a couple other things that's happened, and then we'll get on to the actual interview with the unnamed trucker. All right, so y'all enjoy. Grandma got indefinitely detained now, trying to come visit Christmas Eve. You could claim she had a right to counsel, but some folks in the Congress disagree. She was flying home to our house when she got stopped by TSA. Thought she might be Abdul Mutala When they had a look at Grandma's old x-ray Her hair had recently been colored She paid cash for her Christmas gifts Two things apparently the Congress Has determined might make you a terrorist Grandma got indefinitely detained now Trying to come visit Christmas Eve They took her rights in order to protect her rights The most genius plan ever in history But see, we need to have these powers To help protect this free country But if it takes these steps to do so What is it exactly we are protecting? Ah. Now she's an enemy as if that makes any sense The only thing that she's combating Is her unpredictable incontinence Grandma got indefinitely detained now Trying to come visit Christmas Eve You could claim there's no right to due process But check the Fifth Amendment and you'll see Grandma got indefinitely detained now Everybody Never made it home on Christmas Day She always wanted to live in Miami At least now she's just 90 miles away Я не террорист. Я борец за свободу. New word from 
the nation's top scientists on the zombie virus that appeared two weeks ago. They released information saying that the symptoms to watch for are aggression, foaming from the mouth, deterioration of motor skills, and an unbelievable hunger. Be advised that if an infected becomes hostile, the only way to harm them is to shoot them in the head. solo today and that's okay oh i think shooter dan will be back on january 1 and then we will resume regular scheduled podcasts hopefully uh on a week-to-week kind of type basis there's a couple of things excuse me that i'd like to talk about real fast before we get on to the interview and one of them is oath keepers um, they tweeted me out or tweeted to me that it was absolutely treasonous. I, I wish I could. Y'all go to my timeline. Y'all be able to find it. It says somebody, y'all, uh, the senators uh, that voted for the National Defense Authorization Act. It was a treasonous, treasonous event. And now Oath Keepers is launching, this is from their website, launches a national effort to recall and or remove the members of Congress who voted for the NDAA military detention. Merry Christmas, U.S. Congress. <laughs> and they, it's a really good story. It's a really good article. Um, and only thing I can tell you is that the, the Montana is the one that is actually leading the charge on this thing okay it's it's i'm gonna read to you from the it's the actual um press release from oath keepers regarding regarding this uh target of recall um it says here in montana while we go after all three three violators of the bill of rights which is republican denny rayberg um then there's another one i don't know his name it says, I will place special emphasis and focus of effort on Mr. Denny Redberg since he is so fond of wrapping himself in the flag and claiming to be defending the Constitution while his votes do the exact opposite. In that sense, Rayberg is much like John McCain and Lindsey Graham, two Republicans who, right along with Carl Levine and Joseph Lieberman, are heading a sustained and relentless assault on our Bill of Rights. All right. Here's from the pre- oh here's from the press release itself. It says moving quickly on Christmas Day after the U.S. Senate voted 86 to 14 to pass the National Defense Authorization Act of 2011, which allows for the indefinite military detention of American citizens without charge or trial. Montana's Montanans have announced the launch of recall campaigns against their senators Max Baucus and Jonathan Tester, who voted for this bill. Montana, it says, is one of nine states. Find out if your state is one of them. With provisions that say that the right of recall extends to recalling members of its federal congregational delegation, 
pursuant to Montana Code 2-16-603 on the grounds of physical, and this is the reasons why they can actually recall their senators, on grounds of physical or mental lack of fitness, incompetence, violation of oath of office, official misconduct, or conviction of certain felony offenses. Um, the web, And it goes on to say that the website Ballotpedia.org cites eight other states. Oh, here we go. I got them for you right now. Arizona, Colorado, Louisiana, Michigan, Nevada, or Nevada, North Dakota, Oregon, and Wisconsin. New Jersey's federal recall law was struck down when a New Jersey state judge ruled that the federal constitution does not allow states the power to recall U.S. senators, which is absolutely ridiculous. And that brings me up to, they changed it. I don't know how many people know that the actual state legislatures used to appoint the senators so that the senators, when they went to Washington, Washington would have uh, direct, uh, what do you call it, responsibility or accountability to the state legislatures of whom they were representing. I don't know when it went to this uh, voting the senators in as well, but I kind of like the old style idea, you know, of appointed representatives from your state legislator going to Washington that has your state's best interests, you know, in mind. Now it's all on a national level, you know, and it doesn't make any sense to me, but it's a really bold thing that the oath keepers are doing and if you can if you can actually um support them in any way shape or form if you want to be a member of oath keepers uh please please go check them out at oathkeepers.org all right um as i was looking over it, it they they got this article broke down to actually what happens in a treasonous situation when when an american performs or gives aid to the enemy and how they're supposed to be handled it's in the constitution okay it's it's but the ndaa law that is going to obama and you know we can still hope for a hail mary veto on it i wouldn't necessarily uh, put my uh, confidence in the fact that he will uh, veto this thing it gives the executive branch a whole lot of power anyway that's the one big thing in the news that i would like to 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 get out of the way the second is kind of timely because we it goes back to the to the road gunner interview that we did with him uh or the unnamed trucker because we talked about the tsa's viper teams because he's on the road a lot and he travels the roads so it came up in conversation in this interview on black friday which was over a month away and then we come to find out, just a couple days ago, TSA is, is uh, demanding uh, $24 million in extra funding, in addition to the $110 million spent in fiscal year 2011 for these Viper teams. Now, this is not the $5 billion a year that is spent on TSA for the airports. This is railway stations, Greyhound bus stations, sporting events, uh, malls, any place that they think that there might be a terrorist. But it's more than that, yo. <laughs> I think everybody out there, we're not stupid. You know, we know what the hell's going on. Uh, matter of fact, they said that one of the reasons of these Viper units is to be random, completely random. Don't even, not even trying to search out actionable intelligence. 
They're just out there as a presence. And that is it. Do you know? And it's to let you know who's in charge. You know, they are. Um, I'm going to link on the website, on our website, both to Oath Keepers and to the story about these uh, 25 Viper teams. And I think they want to add like another 10 or 10 or 15 Viper teams. Uh, yeah, it's called, <laughs> oh yeah, Viper teams. The Visible Intermodal Prevention and Response they have run more than 9,300 unannounced checkpoints and other search operations in the last year. And they want to add 12 more teams for next year, and they need another $24 million of your taxpayer money. Why don't we just go on a campaign of, you know, this is what I don't understand. Why don't they just go on a campaign to promote the legal and safe use of firearms in this country? And have more American citizens trained with their firearms, and that it would be a lot cheaper, and it would probably be a lot safer to travel in these modes of, of uh, the Greyhound bus station or um, the Amtrak trains or whatever, you know, or on the roads if you see something crazy or something's about to go down, you know what I mean? Let's let's arm the citizenry. That's what we need to do. That's the way it needs to be done. That was the reason why the the Japanese never invaded America. I'm sure everyone's heard that story that the, I don't know, one of the military leaders, Japanese, said, no, we cannot invade America because there's guns behind every blade of grass, you know. That is the way it needs to go. Anyway, it's two interesting things that are very timely that I thought and they got brought um one of them got brought up in the interview with the unnamed trucker which is coming up here in a second and i think that's about all i really got y'all because this ain't going to be a, a long show due to the fact that i'm rolling solo and i just wanted to, we wanted to get something out and then um let's see i guess he'll be back on the first so look for something to come out here in a week or so after he gets back and i hope y'all enjoy everything all right, if you want to get in touch with us, go to our website or email us at lozpodcast.com. Oh, no, 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 no. That was incorrect. It's lozpodcast at gmail.com, y'all. So be sure y'all uh, get in touch with us and let you know what, what you think of the show. And here we go. The Washington machine is strangling our economy. Politicians who supported bailouts and mandates, serial hypocrites and flip-floppers can't clean up the mess. One man stands alone. A real plan to cut a trillion dollars year one. Balance the budget in three. Consistent, incorruptible, guided by faith and principle. Ron Paul, the one we've been looking for. I'm Ron Paul, and I approve this message. Hey, it's the Unnamed Trucker coming at you with 80,000 pounds of concealed carry. Once you're done listening to Chuck D and Shooter Dan on the Liberty or Zombie podcast, why don't you come on over to my show, the Road Gunner podcast. I talk about guns, travel, firearms laws, hot broads, cooking, and other shit. You ain't got nothing better to do. What the fuck? So come on over. Check it out, roadgunnerpodcast.com, or look up the Road Gunner podcast on iTunes. You can also listen on your smartphone on Stitcher.com. Check it out, or be a numbskull fucktard forever. So until then, keep your nose clean and your fifth wheel greasy. I'm gone. 
<laughs> We're gonna interview him now. It's a fucking mess, is what it is. That, oh, now see now he can now he can curse. See that? <laughs> hey, this is Chuck D with a uh, shooter Dan and the unnamed trucker and his son, the unnamed son. Hello, what up? <laughs> <laughs> I failed to name him when he was born. It was just a mass of tissue that came out of his mom. <laughs> um. We're up here in Orlando. No, this ain't Orlando. This Winter Garden is close enough. Close enough. And uh, we came up to uh, say hi to him, get to meet him, get to know him. And uh, he did a little interview with us. I'm sure you'll be hearing it on his podcast before you... You'll be hearing us on his podcast before you hear him on ours. <laughs> Does that make sense? Unless I accidentally erase it on the way back. Well, have, you done that? have you done that before? No. Well, you don't know what it's like to you. Me and him did like an hour show, and we thought it was slamming. And we lost the whole thing, and that we had to go the back. Militia one, wasn't it? I don't remember which one. I, I, it's Damn still... it! I should have asked you about the militia stuff That's... on my show. Well, too bad we get the good stuff. <laughs> 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 Why you like that show? I did enjoy it quite a bit. That's our that's our most downloaded episode. It made me feel it made me feel dirty and happy at the same time. I was like, why? Well, you know, the word militia's got such you know a horrible rap over the since the Oklahoma City bombing, and it really doesn't deserve the bad attention that it's gotten. No, it doesn't. The militia under United States code just means any an able able bodied male between the age of seventeen and forty five. Right. And that's just that's pretty much everybody. Right. And. I was like, let's start the damn militia and start this thing now, and I'll, I'm ready to sign up. Where do I sign up? For the Liberty or Zombie You're come to the, to the EZK Regiment? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's what I've really enjoyed about the, about your show, is that when you talk about some serious subjects, uh-huh. but you've, you're freaking laughing every other 30 seconds, and, it, it, and I'm laughing too, because mm-hmm. you make it enjoyable to listen about the horrible shit that's going on in this country. Well... Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It was one of the things that it was one of the things we learned from Alex Jones was that man, if you just if you just pound it in their heads, like with a, like a, a sledgehammer, it gets it beats you up after a while. You have to deliver it in such a way so people can digest it yeah. and and then take it and go do their own research and find out about it. And if you can deliver it with some humor, right. we're not that funny, but okay, can I say something? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> okay, I said something. <laughs> He gets the curse. He loves it. <laughs> it's like XM Radio. And, I mean, I do my own show, but you know, there's some a little bit of uh, gun rights radio network etiquette. Uh-huh. He can say shit once in a while and a mm-hmm. few things. And I remember uh, Eric Shelton had an episode where he used the f bomb a couple times. Really? Yeah. Do you think he was spoken uh, to? I don't think so. And I just can't make it for five minutes without saying that word. I don't know why. <laughs> Along with other things. Yeah. All right, like, so tell it. T- this is what I want to know about you. Okay. Let's, let's get back on you because we're supposed to be interviewing you now, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we got back to us. See how we always. That's always fine. Yeah. It's your show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fog you into whatever the hell you want to. <laughs> <laughs> tell me how you started podcasting, why you started podcasting, and what led you to it. Okay, I decided to start a podcast. After listening to a ton of shows on the Gun Rights Radio Network, I had just gotten into guns, and um, I wanted to learn more about how to use them, more about gear, gun rights, that kind of stuff. So I went on iTunes, basically, and put in the search terms, handguns. 
the first thing that popped up was Handgun Podcast. Right. So I thought, all right, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take a listen. All right. And uh, downloaded it, listened to it, started liking it. Uh, Eric's a really, really smart guy. Seemed to know his You know what uh, one of my favorite shows, I don't mean to interrupt you, you know what right. one of my favorite shows is on that? I Dream of Genie. No, on the Gun Rights Radio Network. <laughs> He's throwing curveballs at me. <laughs> I really like, and I can't ever remember his name, the dude that does the Armed Ape and, and the Farms Cafe. Tony Brown. Yeah, Tony yeah, Brown. Yeah, that's a good show. Yeah, I like him, man. He's real mild-mannered, and he's kind of witty, and he's... Anyway, yeah. don't know how we got off I enjoy, I enjoy that show as well, but when um, I had three main shows I listened to, Gun Dudes, yeah. Handgun Podcast, and Handgun World Show. And I listened to a ton of other ones, but those are the three main ones that I listened to. Right. And that covers a good three and a half, four hour chunk of stuff that I listen to while I'm driving down the road every week. Right. But Shelton up and quit because he got a, a job um, flying drones or some shit like that. Yeah. And um, I decided that I could do at least half as good as Eric Shelton. Maybe. So, I, I did a few recordings myself, just talking about nonsense, and I played it for my wife, and she laughed at me. <laughs> but I had listened to it, and I was, like, laughing at the stuff I was saying, so I, I think I could do this, so I decided to do the show. And I, I wanted to decide what kind of niche can you have, because everyone's got their own little shtick about what they do. You right, have a right, podcast, right. Hangout World Show, it talks about competition and training and stuff like that. So right. I wanted to, well, I'm a truck driver and I take my guns with me. So right. that's that's my niche. I'll talk about the different gun laws that of the different states I travel through because I have to be an expert in this crap. You do. I don't want to be an expert in this crap, but <laughs> uh, even though I completely disagree with, mm-hmm. with any law, at all about uh-huh. handguns. Uh-huh. I'm a Second Amendment fundamentalist when it comes to that. The right of the people to keep a bare arm shall not be infringed. I like the second half of that part. Uh-huh. You know, the whole thing about uh, the militia uh, in the first part of the Second Amendment just means all able-bodied males, uh-huh. and people don't understand that. My dad doesn't understand that. Uh-huh. But um, that's that's my niche. I talk about the gun laws as it relate to being over the road truck driver. And by the way, there are no federal laws that uh, prohibit the carrying of a, a firearm in a commercial vehicle. Okay. Only the state laws have to be followed. Right. So I don't go to four states in particular because of their extremely strict gun laws. And mm-hmm. I don't deliver there, I don't pick up there, I don't drive through them. All right, all right, here, we're gonna play a game. Can yeah. you name those four states, Shooter Dan? I can name one. Which one? California. That's not it. No? No, they New have, Jersey. That's, that's one of them. Yep. There's four states that I that's never go I, that's to. That's the only one I would know. The four states I never go to are New Jersey, New York, Maryland, and Massachusetts. And not going to those New York and Massachusetts blocks off the northern New England states. So yeah. I, I end up going through about 40 of the lower 48 states. California's not that bad. As long as it's, it is bad. If you live there. If you live there. And um, I only carry, my, the guns I carry have, I only carry like a Glock 26 or a 1911 that have less than 10 round magazines. So if and you know that, you're going through that state, you actually carry the uh, proper weapon that you know will be legal. And there. it has to be unloaded uh-huh. in a case, locked in a case. Mm-hmm. Actually, in California, you can, the gun can be loaded in a, as long as it's in a locked case. Mm-hmm. So when I go to, before I go to California, stop in Arizona or whatever state, take the gun out, unload it, stick it in a case, put the ammo in another case, and lock it up. Right. And, and, then, and if you know you're going through there, you don't, you don't take a gun that wouldn't be California compliant with yeah, you. Yeah, right? pretty much. 
which is kind of it's re retarded. I mean, what is a, t a ten round magazine or eleven round magazine or seventeen round magazine? What does it matter? Well, you can't it's even carry completely it. arbitrary. You can't even carry one in your vehicle in New Jersey, right? No, the federal law says that you can pass through New Jersey. All right, but uh, if you stop at all, then you are violating their laws. So. Dang. So yeah. You, that's, so if you, well, if you stop for a piss break, you're exactly. in trouble. You're breaking and if you, laws. And if, you, if a cop, and they will, nowadays what I've been seeing is police will pull you over, ask you if, if you have any weapons or whatever. This is this is completely anecdotal, but from what I see is I see searches on the side of the road more and more now. Right. But people don't understand that they don't have to consent to a search. Right. Because pulling you over is not probable cause. Right. And uh, the Fourth Amendment says that, what is it? The right of the people to be uh, free of unreasonable searches and See, seizures yeah. and the personal effects and house. No, I'm not. I'm I could bring it up. I got a constitution right. on my phone. I do, I do too. But it's similar. But no warrant shall issue, excepting upon probable cause. Right. Now, pulling you over for a busted taillight is reasonable suspicion. They can ask you if you want to be searched, but they can't search you if you don't consent or if right. they don't have probable cause. Right. Which is a weapon in plain view. Uh, they smell weed or whatever. I had a cop yeah. ask me one time. Uh, my, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, I was going to work, and he pulled up behind me, pulled me over, and he came up to the window, and he's like, license registration, I give it to him, yes sir, I said, well, can you tell me what I did, and he was like, uh, we have a report of a vehicle just like this being reported stolen, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, this will clear it up, he goes back to his car, he comes back, and he says, he says, uh, he says, uh, here, he says something to me. I don't remember exactly, but then he goes, would you mind if I search your vehicle? Because that was what I really remember him saying. And then I was like, I said, officer, you know this is my vehicle. You just ran everything. And then and he was like, do you mind if I search your vehicle? And I was like, yes, sir, I do mind. He goes, I can have the dogs out here in 30 minutes. And I was like, let me call work and tell them I'm going to be late. Right. So, so they, what they try to do is inconvenience you to go ahead and submit. Right. And... If, so I said, call him, and I, and I started calling my work, let him know I was going to be late. And he went back to his car again, like he was acting like he was calling him. And, uh, oh, he made me wait another 15 minutes. He comes back. He was like, you're free to go. Yeah. Because like, if he was to actually call the dogs out there and they don't find something, yeah. he's going to be sitting looking like with egg on his face. Well, I don't, I don't like the, the – so I've, I've been driving for a long time. I've driven for 13 years now. And ever since 9-11, things have gotten crazy as far as the police goes and the searches. This went through a uh, Border Patrol check station, not on the border, on I-10 in um, Arizona. Uh-huh. Excuse me, Texas. And they waved me through, but next to, underneath the check station, there's a big awning and stuff. There's a family in a minivan with Florida plates, and they're sitting outside their car, and the Border Patrol people are going through it. Right. Uh -huh. They look kind of pale to me, for being a hundred miles away from Mexico. Well, you know, they, they they say that um, the new buffer is what 150 miles from any from any border. Right. They, they could go 150 miles in, which covers just about the whole state of Florida. Right. And uh, so that doesn't surprise me one bit. But let me ask you, being an overroad trucker, um, what's the stuff going on in Tennessee with the Viper units? I'm I, sure you were up on it more than we've I've read about, about it, it and, um, I've, and I've seen things, but I haven't actually seen the checkpoints 
from what I've read on the TSA's website, which, you know, is propaganda, whatever, they've said that it was an exercise that they did. It was only a one-time thing for now. But that's how they get you. They, it's incrementalism. All, exactly. They start trying to get you used to it with the, with the of course, it's, we're the truck drivers, so nobody cares because the, the general public doesn't have to go through the way stations. But they start with the way stations, and they also did it at bus stations, Greyhound bus stations. Really? It was a operation, and they've got a budget of like $139 million or something like that right now for these Viper teams. And uh, you can be sure that they're going to do it again at random at some point. And if they have any amount of success, even one bus, they'll say, oh, we need another $100 million to keep this program alive. And I love that. I saw so the we're, the, we're funding the police state. The, the, one of the uh, news reports, you can see the, the stuff on YouTube and stuff like that if mm-hmm. you do that. But they interview, they always you know, the news station goes out and they find out that the TSA is doing it. And they ask some, right. some truck driver, Oh, what do you think about what they're doing? And they always pick the one and say, Oh, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I think it's just wonderful. We're keeping us safe. <laughs> you know what I want to say to that truck driver? Fuck you. <laughs> you freaking sheep. You're a zombie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the TSA serious. stands for a Theatrical Security Agency, as far as I'm concerned. Or touching <laughs> someone's ass. It, touch, <laughs> it is completely is nonsense. You go to the airport, what... what a, it, okay, here's what's going to happen eventually is that one of these quote-unquote terrorists uh-huh. are going to keister stash a piece of C4 or something mm-hmm. and end up getting through security or whatever. And now are people going to submit to going and having uh, a rectal exam when they, before they get on a plane or are you going to fly naked? How far are you going to go, you stupid jerks? <laughs> Listen, sheep. Did you see the, did Wake you see, up. Did you see the article that just came out that said you, you were um, three times more likely to fall and hurt yourself in the bathtub? Than, than to be a uh, victim of a terrorist attack. I believe it. So I think we need to pump billions of dollars into softening up these tubs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, it doesn't make any sense that the, the threat is so minimal. And again, with the Second Amendment, and, I, and I've said this before, I think on, in earlier podcasts, that with the Second Amendment, we are the Homeland Security. I would much rather take my risks with the terrorists out here than the fear that I have of the government, you know? Exactly. I'm not going to sacrifice the Constitution and my rights just so that... <laughs> okay, that's awesome. That is awesome. I'm not going to sacrifice my <laughs> rights and uh, my freedom and have a, uh, live, endure a police state mm. when the solution is simply giving uh, everyone more. more freedom is the solution, not less freedom. Carrying your gun. That's it. Uh, knowing how to use it. You know. Knowing how to use it. Now, that's what I want to ask you about. Your, your IDPA. Mm-hmm. That's International Defensive Pistol Association. Right. Tell us about that because I feel like here I am babbling again. Okay. <laughs> IDPA is a, is a sport. Right. Okay. And I would never consider it to be training okay. other than learning how to properly handle a gun, gun handling skills, proper right. safety with a gun while moving and shooting. You can learn that while while participating in the sport. It's basically it's basically target shooting, mm-hmm. but it simulates some uh, tactical defensive situations where okay. you engage multiple targets. Okay. Where you shoot behind cover, you uh, shoot you carry your gun in a in a holster that you would normally carry. You have a, a cover garment of some kind, either a vest or just a shirt that goes over like your this. holster like that, and you draw and shoot. 
and you get timed and you get scored for right. accuracy. And the the less accurate are you are, the higher the time gets. Added. You get they, they time add, penalty. Yeah, time penalties. And it's fun. not to, it's not super realistic. I wouldn't consider it training, but you do learn how to move and shoot. You do learn to take cover before you. And it's fun. Shoot. It is fun, and um, <laughs> you can test your carry gear if you if if anything. Take your uh, Concealment Solutions Black Mama holster out there and see if it works. See if it doesn't fall apart while you're drawing it right. several hundred times. Right. Just see if your gun works. Right. Why don't you take take your um, your high point out there, your high point <laughs> C9, and see if it, it blows up or if it works or not. Right. You know, I don't have anything. If you want to carry a high point, that's fine. I'll laugh at you if I see one. But, um, you know, I know that they do work and things like that. I prefer Glocks. But right. Um, and I shoot a Glock 17 uh, in, I, in USPSA. That's, um, that's a much more sporty competition where you don't now have see, to Now, see, that's um, where uh, being, never having shot in any competitions or anything, we, we, you know, we've had our firearms training, but not in, but when you go to shooting sports. That when was you, a competition. <laughs> it yeah. was a competition. But when you, you, call, that, you call that the USP, what USPSA, it? United States Practical Shooting Association. And then there's the IDPA. Right. And then there's, what, what is this IPSC I've heard IPSC about? IPSC is the International uh, Shooting Something Something. Right. But it's the international version of USPSA. USPSA, United States Practical Shooting Association, is a, the United States Thanks arm for... of IPSC. Oh, okay, okay, okay. See, so, all this is so confusing, especially, look. You know, we've we've been shooting for a long time, but when you start looking at when I even when I start looking at all these different organizations and groups and the, all the acronyms and everything, I get confused. I don't even know where to start. If me, yeah. you if me, start with which one pays the most. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can win prizes and things like that, and mm -hmm. guns and stuff like that. And they have divisions, like an IDPA shoot stock service pistol. That's just Glock out of the box, and I like to shoot. My carry gun, Glock 26, from an inside the waistband holster, with like this kind of shirt right here. And just, right. I'm not gonna pull it up all the way, otherwise I'll violate a Florida law. No, we won't. Not but, anymore. Um, they got open carry in Florida? No, they don't have open carry, but that used to be illegal if your gun was to flash even for a second. Oh, okay. It changed. Uh, October 1st, it was like when you're reaching up that top shelf and your gun flashes, well, you just you committed a crime at that right. point. But so they changed it so that that's no longer inadvertent. Right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it is awesome. Cool. Good. But well, I like to do. It's not open carry, but yeah. yeah. I like to do like my carry gun, the small Glock 26, uh -huh. the combat Glock, and the inside the waistband holster, carry shirt or a vest, and shoot IDPA with that. And uh, I know that my gun works, and I know that holster uh, carry works. And you have to wear, or uh, you have to use stock equipment. Yeah, and if you're wearing like a concealment shirt and having to draw from it, where you using your weak side hand to lift up the shirt and then draw. Uh huh. You can see how fast you can do that. You can practice that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and see some people put the holster in their in their in their holster and put a, a jacket on, and they don't know whether or not they may have never drawn from concealment. Right, right, right. Especially if you're out of the range, you got an outside the waistband holster, right? Mm -hmm. And you're you may not even be able to draw right. at a range for. I've never. I don't know no, any ranges where I can draw. From only the only time we can is when we rent the range out for. For classes. So if you're out on there in the street and you've never drawn from concealment before, it's I don't a, know if you can do it or not. I know a, that I can because I've practiced done it. it. Right. Yeah. And then I guess that was the, the biggest thing about it is how do you get started in it? Do you just find a local chapter? What you, go to, what you do is go to IDPA.com right. and it'll have the local clubs listed. They've got like a map. And click on 
Florida, mm -hmm. and it'll show a list of clubs, and you find the one that's closest to you. They'll have the schedule and the contact information. Mm -hmm. And when I found, when I, my first match, everyone was extremely friendly. If you let them know you're a first-time person, right. they're going to put you with an experienced shooter in a squad. You shoot in several squads of, of people, people, and you right. go around to the different stages. Right. And everyone I've ever met is extremely down-to-earth. They're not super uptight about the comp competition side. They'll help you out. They'll let you know what you need to do. Um, but basically, you show up and you'll go, you'll want to walk through it very slowly. Right. And and you're not you're at that point. You're not shooting for time. You just want to see safe gun handling skills. Right, point. right, right. And I have seen people get disqualified for muzzling people. Right, and, right. Or you get disqualified if you drop your gun or something like that. Right. Hmm. It sounds very interesting. Well, I always wanted to go try, maybe try to do something like that. But it's fun, and you get to meet people who love guns, you know what I mean? And it, you, you network. It, and, and it's so like funny, that. too, because you say that they're all nice people. I have rarely ran across gun people that wasn't super, super helpful and friendly. Yeah. You know, so. Well, you, you've got half the country owns guns, right? Yeah. Okay, then you start to narrow it down. Of the, how the, those half of people... How many of those actually have a permit, right? Right. You're narrowing it down quite significantly at that point. In Florida, it's a million something, 1.3 million, million permits. But of those people that have permits, how many of them get training? Mm-hmm. You narrow that down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Of those people that have training, how many actually shoot competitively? Right. So you're really getting to the hardcore Real love good. guns, love sports, love the Second Amendment, folks, once you get down to that level. Because I have met the My gun, kind of people. If, if you go into a gun shop, there's three assholes in there for every four there people is. half the time. Who are the click shooting the gun, point, not shooting it, but, you know, testing just the trigger about while that. pointing it at, at, back at the dealer or at you. He was, you were just talking about that on your last podcast. Yeah. And if y'all haven't went and listened to the Rogue Gunner podcast, you need to do that. Yeah, RogueGunner.net. Yeah, because this is our podcast. RogueGunnerPodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, see what else is there? RogueGunnerPodcast at gmail.com for the email. <laughs> RogueGunner.net for the website. You can find me on iTunes or Stitcher. Just search the Roadgunner Podcast. You guys are on Stitcher, right? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. You getting a lot of listens on Stitcher? I, I don't get as many as I think I should, but, you know, it's <laughs> only been on for a while. And mm -hmm. um, once the other shows in the Gun Rights Radio Network got on, I used to go there and, like, all the gun shows you'd see... Uh, li uh, listeners also like and I'd be like right there underneath right. it and then the other shows got on that are actually good and then they <laughs> kind of bought me off even though if you look at like uh, I think maybe it's Gun Talk I'm still like right on, on listeners also like so. hey did you see the new podcast is out now which one it ain't road, it, yours is Road Gunner but theirs is called like Gun Runner or Road something Gunner yeah I didn't see that yeah, the name, your name and his name is very something. He's only got like one episode out. Okay, well, I'll sue him immediately. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll shut that shit down. <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet. I was going to listen to it and see if they drive trucks or anything. I don't know. I know that was uh, there was another guy that was out there that uh, was going to do a trucks and guns podcast. I guess I jumped, jumped his oh, shit. Oh, he did? And, yeah. Oh. oh, did he get mad? I don't know if he got mad, but, you know, if somebody... I didn't think he was going to do the show anyway, because if you talk about doing something, then I like to do stuff, you know? Right. I, I said to my wife, I'm going to do a podcast, and she's like, ha, ha, yeah, right. And then I was like, I'm about a recorder, and I freaking did it. <laughs> and 
I don't fuck around. You don't own that shit. Oh, you do own it. Where is the gold of the American people? I know you're gonna dig this. Inside the vaults at Fort Knox. Is it? Show us the gold. Where is the gold? Where is the gold? Show us the gold. Show us the gold. What happened to the gold? Just open the door so we can hear the sound. Just open the door so we can hear the truth. Just open the door so the people can see the gold. Just open the door. Just open the door. What happened to the gold? We the people had it locked up in Fort Knox safely But now it's not so certain I'm told But we could know the truth if they just opened the doors Since 74 when Ollie knocked out four men The Fort Knox vault door been locked off access to the public But it's supposed to be our property So where the audits be? It kinda bothers me how people put their trust in the hands of governments And lose it all to corruption This just in, the Rothschilds rule the world Issuing executive directives through Bilderberg Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, the Fed Reserve, central banks run currencies, countries forced to serve debt slavery, making hordes of serfs. And if the scene wasn't bad enough, they hold the nation that they fucks. Gold is collateral, but boom and bust, splatter chumps. Fiat paper inflation stacked to the sky, adding up. And now the dollars, not what it seems, backed by gold. No longer it's a confident scheme. There's no proof the gold exists, that's certainly obvious. Congressman Paul wants the metals purity audited to verify its actual content is something real. That 495 and not gold plated tungsten steel. Just open the door so we can look inside. Just open the door so we can find the truth. Just open the door so the people can see the gold. Just open the door. Bars are supposed to be there, and if the people find out it's not, it's holders better beware. In 33, FDR signed the fucking gold confiscation act. Yeah, he kinda stole our wealth and never gave it back. Collected our collective gold and built Fort Knox to house it. The biggest theft in history, but your school's textbooks don't say a word about it. And where it's at today still remains a mystery. Forced Americans to sell their gold to the Fed, now it probably flows in glowing molten rivers in the Rothschilds' mansions instead. My guess is if we're really lucky, a small fraction of it's still left in Kentucky. I'd say the rest most likely resides under the Fed Bank in New York Snatched up under the guise of lies Among the biggest stash of gold that's ever been known to be owned anywhere in the globe They use it to rig the markets behind the scenes Ordering puppet presidents to deploy their plunge protection team The fucking bastards leading us to disaster Suppressing precious metals prices while they print fiat money faster Project the illusion the dollar still as good as gold Leeching off us got the economy in a stranglehold This is serious, listen, currency markets are the most powerful mechanism of imperial just open the door so we can look inside. Just open the door so we can find the truth. Just open.